This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello, yes, another episode of Enemies. My name is Lisa Traeger. I'm your host. So thrilled that you're joining us. This is a super jam-packed episode. I am so excited. Um, Usually I wait till the end of my little intro chit-chat to announce the guests. And I don't know why I play these games. Like, it's in the title. You know who it is. Let's fucking do it. I am honored. I cannot believe Brian Moylan is my guest today. He is a Bravo-holic to the extreme, but like encyclopedic knowledge of all Bravo, all housewives. He's incredible. He does all the vulture recaps of housewives and other stuff. He has other stuff on there on vulture. He writes lots of things. Has he been a ghostwriter? You know, he has. Um, and then he also wrote, the housewives the real story behind the real housewives and it's a book that caused so much drama so not only is like housewives drama drama but like bravo got mad at him and like he had you know it's so weird to have drama with someone that you're obsessed with and he just he changed everything and because of him bravo then made their own book to be like well we have a book too and it's like honey not as good as brian um he's incredible he called in from london and so the wife there were some issues so it might sound not as perfection as always or you won't even notice uh, but I work with such high level production team that they're like warn the peeps warn the girls warn the dolls baby um, it was so funny I was listening to Las Culturistas one of my favorite podcasts and Trixie Mattel was on it and it's uh, Bowen Yang and Matt Rogers and they were making fun of people that are on Twitter about drag race being like if you didn't if you're not going to count the lip syncs then don't have the lip syncs and I was one of those people and it is so sad to be dragged by a podcast that you really love so that's pretty mortifying but I deserved it I deserved every second of it also I can't stop listening to the song by Muna called what I want truly on repeat I cannot stop it's like everything it's like I didn't know what I wanted and now I know what I want and I'm gonna take a shot and go out and dance at a gay club because that's what I want and it just really is hitting my heart in a very beautiful amazing place um Today I didn't smoke weed. That's probably why you you feel the excitement in my tone. It's so weird. It's like weed does not bring the best in me, but I cannot stop. Like today I didn't smoke and I did like maybe 15 errands. I went on a walk with a friend, got a last minute text to do a show, hung out with some friends and fully sang. Like it's like the DJ wanted to fuck me. It wasn't like I, so I have a red hot chili pepper tattoo on my ankle. Quite humiliating. But this DJ was playing all chili peppers and then suddenly played the Backstreet Boys, then Vanessa Carlton, then Shania and then in sync. It was like, okay, this is heaven and I'm get I'm having my wedding here. Also, all you listeners, you say you like me, but when are you going to hook me up with the love of my life? Like, do none of you have a fucking cousin in California? None of you? None of you have a coworker or a friend that you think should have sex with me? That's an issue. So get on it. Start matchmaking. Like, you know, I give you so much free entertainment. Why don't you just like find me someone to marry? Am I asking for too much? Um, also, another housewife thing, like the Teresa Judice wedding hair, the big poof. If you haven't seen it, please Google it. I'm sure you have if you're listening to this podcast. You've seen the Teresa Judice hair. Judice. Um, and that, you know, my friend Julia, who's been a guest on the podcast, she 
she tweeted like, wow, this really brought everyone together. And it did like one bad hairdo really bonded um, all of us. And also, yay, FBI rating Trump. Oh, my God. Thrilling. Um, so that's really exciting. And um, yeah, so now it's time for Brian Moylan. I think one of my favorite episodes. I'm like so excited for you guys to listen to this. He's so entertaining and smart and cool. And I just, I mean, eventually they, uh, the, <laughs> the producer was like, I have to leave in five minutes. Like, I don't know what else you want from me. And I'm like, you're right. We have been talking for two and a half hours. We edited, um, but Anyway, so enjoy this episode. I appreciate you guys so much. Don't forget to see me live this weekend. I'll be in San Diego. Hello at the mic drop August 12th and 13th. We have four shows. And then August 26th through 28th, I'll be at Caroline's in New York City. So that's really exciting. And then my birthday is August 31st. So just remember that. If you wanted to find me a partner in life, and love a lover for my birthday. That would be great. Um, so enjoy this episode. I'm obsessed with all of you and you fucking know it. Brian, so thrilled that you are here. Um, I'm so thrilled to be here. Um, I have so much to talk to you about. I did listen to your book on audiobook, and I don't think it counts as reading as a writer. How do you feel about that? Um, I am totally fine with that. The weirdest thing about doing that audiobook is it is surprisingly exhausting. Like it was one of it was some of the worst days of my life. You just like sit there listening to yourself talk and then after four hours of it, you just wanna crawl into a hole and die. So I'm glad that all of my hard work went to a very good cause, which is you listening to my book. Absolutely. And I was shocked. I mean, this is enemies and your greatest passion channel, what you kind of write about all the time turned on you. And I can't, I can't believe it. I can't believe it either, but I will tell you, I got an email from Bravo being like, are you coming to BravoCon this year? And I was like, I bought a ticket and they're like, oh, maybe you can get a refund because we'll give you press credentials. So I'm like back into the fold. <sighs> that makes me so happy. It really bummed me out. And I don't understand. <laughs> Why they hate me? Yeah, because what you write is so funny and great. And I'm reading the book like they just are they just control freaks? Yes. And like, I get it. They're like, do well, they're control freaks, A, and also they want to make money off the thing. And so um, they, when I, you know, I had this idea for a book and we talked about partnering. And then when we, they wanted complete control and whatever, and 10% of all the money. And we were like, no, thank you. That's when they were like banned for life forever. Don't come to BravoCon. Don't talk to anybody, whatever. And then they kind of started their own book, which yeah. came out. Um, and yeah. And so they, and they were trying to rush theirs out before mine was done. And it was like, as I say, everything about housewives eventually turns into hives. And so that's kind of what we were dealing with. Yeah. But what I love is that your love never wavered. Like you bought tickets and you did go to BravoCon. 
It's true. And I mean, I still love this thing, even if I think that the people who are running it, I mean, they're doing their jobs. I like get it. And even though I disagree with the way they're doing things like, you know, they're trying to protect their cash cow. And um, yeah, I get it. So, yeah, I still love it. Um, But, you know, I think that we always need to be critical even of the things we love. Absolutely. Power corrupts. Absolutely. You're that Beyonce fans. You can be critical of her and still love her. She's still the best, even though some of her songs suck. Yeah. And like, you can say that and it's okay. Yeah. Like nobody is perfect. You know, we don't expect yeah. ourselves or our friends to be perfect. These pop stars can't be perfect all the time. No. And I mean, I think that's okay. And I think it's our job as like discerning media consumers to be like this is good this is bad you know whatever so but they were very petty like the fact that they went to the vulture panel and the times and we're like we won't even be a part of it like you're fucking with a writer like i just we're all trying to make money i mean yeah it seemed overly aggressive i agree and like at the end of the day i'm like uh you know supporting your shit i'm like bringing attention to it i think i bring some added value i think for my readers and for other housewives fans and so you know i and i hear anecdotally from people that they keep reading because they like what i write so yes it's a service to them at the end of the day but i mean that's the thing is they're in control and i think that that's hard for the women too. Like the women really have a shit deal. And I think that the housewives should unionize because, <laughs> you know, they're still making money off of Dorinda's like, just, uh, I cooked, I cleaned, I made it nice that they have printed on like every mug and pot holder and whatever. And Dorinda doesn't see a dime of that. And that's like, that's you just know. rude. Like that. I don't understand. Like, why yeah. wouldn't you give the person who said that money? That's confusing to me. Because they just want to make as much as they possibly can. And I had a a friend, uh, like a friend of a friend emailed me and she was like, oh, they're talking to me about being on this reality television show. You know, I read over the contract. What do you think? And I was like, listen, all of these contracts are going to be predatory in some way. And, you know, and they're really trying to get the most out of you with as paying you as little as possible. And that's kind of the name of the game. And you have to decide whether or not what you're going to get out of it is worth it. And, and so I think that's something that the housewives all think, but they eventually all decide like, yes, it's totally worth it because they all want to be on the show more than the show needs them. So it's like the power is all in Bravo's hands and that Andy Cohen's hands, that evil Andy Cohen. How dare you? I know, but I love that he's a, he knows he's a narcissist. There was a moment at one reunion um, where someone was accusing someone of doing something narcissistic and she goes well andy you do that and he goes yeah and i'm a narcissist and i just like yeah, loved exactly it. Right. And it yeah was such it, a nice right. moment. and i think that that is what he has that all the housewives are lacking which is self-realization like you know if these women realized what they were doing and how they came across i don't know that they would ever do that do what they do and thank god for them because where would we be without them of course but do you think some are self-aware um, or absolutely not. That's a good question. I don't think I, I don't think any of them are really self-aware, but I think that some of the best of them have become aware of the medium and how they come across and how to manipulate that. And like I'm thinking of like a Kenya Moore, like Kenya Moore is a pro at 
um, manipulating the format so that she can look a certain way, but I don't think she understands how or why she behaves, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, she can make great television when she like shows up with a marching band. It's like Kenya Moore hair care. <laughs> but when she's just like in in the scene, like fighting, I don't think she's aware of like how she's coming across. That's what I was going to say, because even the ones that know what's up, you have a Kyle or whatever. They understand production. They still are wasted yes. and they still have real human emotions. So. Yes. No matter how much they try to control it, I think maybe Vanderpump did it the best. She just shuts down and kicks people away. But most people crack yes. no matter how in control yes. they think they are. <laughs> and that's what somebody said about Lisa Barlow, that she's like a puppet master who forgot to she's like a puppeteer who forgot to duck behind the stage. Like so you can just <laughs> see her like, you know, moving all the strings. And that's like so true. It's like. And so she's like not only not self-aware, but she's also bad at what she's trying to do. Whereas like Lisa Vanderpump, you never saw the strings like that's And that's why she was so good. And I'll have I'll try to bring new people into the housewife world. And I love when they text me like I love Lisa Vanderpump and I just keep my mouth shut, you know, yes. and you have to let everyone yes. experience it for themselves. And I love seeing the journey of new housewife viewers. And I live in London. And so and uh, at the around the start of the pandemic, they put like the first two seasons of all the cities on Netflix here. And so a lot of people got into it and a lot of people started watching Beverly Hills and all the Brits were like, oh, we love Lisa. We love Lisa because it, it's like it is that British humor that she she talks about and they really get it. And then eventually there's always a turn where they're like, oh, yeah, no, we don't like her anymore. And I'm like, thank you. I know. Villainous. I just had a huge moment. Um, so my best friend was in town. So we got there's a hotel, Hotel Ziggy. It's the cheapest hotel with a pool on the Sunset Strip. OK, it's across the street. <laughs> OK, where on the Sunset Strip is it? It's right across the street from the comedy store, which is what I need because I have spots at night. But I wanted to entertain my friend, you know, so it's like yeah. it's fun. There's a pool. Um, right. So then my two friends come and we see a little balcony um, with seating that looks above the pool. Only four seats. We get it. We eat some mushrooms. We order drinks. And then we hear there's a VIP person coming. And I go, no one famous would be here. This is a this is not a famous right. person hotel. We look it up. Who's DJing? <laughs> DJ James Kennedy. They are filming Vanderpump. No way. And we watched for about three and a half hours as they filmed Vanderpump Rules. And how did James do? So I went to BravoCon and they had a um, photo opportunity with the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And so there were all these people lined up and they couldn't get to everybody, whatever. And then right after that, DJ James Kennedy came on and it like cleared <laughs> the room. Like granted, it was like 11 a.m. on a Sunday. But yeah, it was great. And you could tell he was visibly pissed. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of people. There was a lot of like weird LA figures trying to get on TV. Um, and we are just all such big fans. It really bonds our friendship group in a real way. And so uh, we made friends with one producer who I think could tell we loved it, but we got it. And so he kind of would yeah. give us dirt. But we saw James screaming at a PA, like producer type. And um, so oh. that was heaven. And we, I mean, we saw Lala, Katie, Tom, uh, Sandoval Schwartz, Fucking um, Rich, Raquel, James's new girlfriend. I mean, it was star studded. What do you think of Raquel? 
She's so tall. I mean, I mostly just looked at how thin and pretty they all were and Ariana and stuff. Like, yeah. it's hard to kind of focus on anything else. You're just like, whoa. And then, the, and then I think about how James called Katie fat and I'm like, oh my God, like what is in the world? <laughs> you know, like I just can't yeah. get over their physical beautiness. Um, but she's dumb. I don't know. She's trying her best at life. <laughs> Cause I hated her at the, when she was first on the show and I thought she was really mercenary and just trying to get on the show and whatever. And I kind of came around to her and I was like, Oh, maybe you're not as stupid and awful and vapid as I thought you were. But, but I don't know. Maybe she is. I mean, she has a kinesiology <laughs> degree, which I think is cool, but. Yeah. Know. Well, and the, the weirdest thing about her is that whole thing with like the mom and the aunt who's her mom and I don't like, even do you remember, remember this? this? I don't even remember this. So she, um, so the woman she was raised by, who she considers her mother, is not her biological mother. Her biological mother is her mother's sister. Mm. And she had like a surprise pregnancy and gave birth to her and then gave her off to her sister to raise, because her sister couldn't have kids, gave her off to her sister to raise. So it's like this really weird, insane family dynamic that I can't imagine what it's yeah. like. Yeah, hopefully they're all still friends. No, okay, drama. Well, I mean, let's see, let's see. Um, so when I told my housewife loving friends that I'm talking to, all very jealous, and then the first thing they do all ask is, "What's he going to say about Erica? Are you going to ask about Erica?" <laughs> Are you going to ask about Erica? Yeah. So what's, you know, the Erica vibe? Is it hard not to be biased when watching all this? I don't know. I think, I think so. I'm trying. So last season, um, I, I think every, even before all this shit went down with Tom, everybody was like, oh, he's so nice to Erica. He wrote her book. He's not going to say anything mean about her, whatever. And so then when all this stuff happened, it, you know, I understand why everyone thinks it's bad and how she's handled the situation badly. But I do have, I think a lot more sympathy for her um, because I know her and we have a relationship and I wrote her book and you know, whatever. So, but this season, so I, and, and I was very combative with the commenters and be like, fuck you. And so this season, my editor was like, do you want to do this? Are you, should we get somebody else? What do you think? And I was like, no, 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 I, I think I'm, I'm going to try to be as objective as I can. And so my editor never watched housewives. So he started watching housewives to, you know, make sure, keep me honest. <laughs> and um, so he's just like straight dude who lives in LA Never watched Housewives before in his life. He's like really, really sweet and funny. But yeah, so now I like when I send in my recap, he always has like notes. And I love him the most because he hates Sutton. And I'm like, thank you. We're not, I'm not the only one. I hate Sutton. You also I, uh, hate. What, thank God. What do people like about her? People love her. She has a couple moments, but overall she sucks. I think what they love about her is that she stands up to the Erica, Dorit, Lisa Rinna, Kyle gang, which I get. But it's like, I can love that you stand up to them, but also recognize that you suck. She doesn't Just stand like, up to Kyle. She sucks Kyle's dicks. The, Kyle is the queen bee. <laughs> Kyle is the alpha. And um, they all want a piece of her. I actually, I loved this part of your book. You said villain, alpha, drunk, voice of reason, the comic relief kid sister. Such good yeah. analysis. Like you should be a college professor. Which one are you <laughs> in your friend group? 
Ooh, um, I am probably, uh, remind me of my categories again. I would love to, and it could be a mix, you know, this isn't real. Um, so you have the villain. Maybe I'll say my favorite. I mean, because villain is so layered too, because there's the smart and, you know, dumb villain. Okay, so villain. There's the alpha. Yeah. The drunk. That's definitely not me. The voice of reason. The comic (sighs) relief. And the kid sister. I'm probably a voice of reason slash comic relief. And and sometimes I'm not an alpha, but I'm a planner. So like I'm the one who like gets the vacation together or it's like, oh, we're meeting at so-and-so at nine o'clock and then everybody shows up. But I don't think that I'm the one who they're all like looking to, to lead the group, but I am a planner. So, but I'm probably, yeah, I'm probably a comic relief slash voice of reason. What are you? I think I'm like all of them. It's like, (laughs) I don't know. Cause I do start a lot of fights. Like I'm, I do get, well, I, you know, I'm working on myself always, but I think I am um, at times a villain. Um, I don't think I'm an alpha in terms of bossiness or planning, but I'm a glue. Like I get people, I think I get people going yeah. or plans or let's do like, I like, um, I won't do logistics, but well, let's do, you know, let's go to dinner or like this yeah. person's in town. Right. Let's do that. You know, um, drunk. Yeah. I like to party. I'm more of a stoner. I might, you know, spark a joint while we're talking voice of reason. I give great advice. My life's in shambles. Truly live in a studio apartment covered in mess. <laughs> like have, I want love. Can't have it. Um, but great advice. I am wise. And then comic relief, obviously my career and then kid sister, because I'm like incompetent in a lot of ways and in, in terms of so real you- life skills. So you contain multitudes is what you're saying. You could we be an entire housewives. It's like housewives of yes. Lisa. I do surf fights. So sometimes I'm in situations where I'm like, what the fuck? Why am I starting this? Why did I say this? Why are you do like, I am sometimes like, fuck, this is so housewives. And I, I have had a breakup with like a friend of over 12 years. And when Ooh. we first, when I, like when it, kind of first happened I went to a party with two friends and then she was already there and she had other friends and I did feel uncomfortable like I walked up to our friend Kara Clank who says hello and she was just like I smiled at her I go I feel like I'm in the housewives I don't know what to do do I say hi I am like and it was like people separating talking to us and I was like this is a fantasy but it really sucks being in the middle of it um, but you yes. also pick the best too. voice of reason, comic relief. Like those are the best. Yeah. And I mean, I don't start fights in my friend group, but I start lots of fights like with people in public. Like I can't hand, like if somebody, I'm just like a New Yorker at heart in that way. And that it's like, if you come, I'm going to like come back at you, which with English people, now that I live in London, does not work well. They don't know how to deal with it. They like totally shut down and it's, it's awful. But I, I, I went to, I, I was thinking about my friend group and uh, I had a fire Island share for many summers and it was very much like housewives in that you would, you know, there was like eight of us and you'd have like one person leave and a new person like every season. And, but you'd have a core group and whatever. And one of my fire Island housemates uh, got married in the, spring in new orleans and it was like all the old like house members that we had kicked out were there and so it was just like feud central at the wedding because he invited everybody and there was somebody who 
I had a big falling out with and he like kind of tried to come and talk to me and I was like, oh, it's good to see you. And then just like walked away. You had no interest. <laughs> it didn't start a fight, but I was like, I am not making up with you. Okay. And what, how many details can you share about that altercation? Like what led to the falling out? Um. So he was going through some issues with substance abuse and um I was going, I was moving from New York to London and I had like a big going away party. And then the next morning, like before I left for the airport, we were having like a smaller brunch with just my close friends. And so he, he skipped the party, never showed up, never said why, whatever. then showed up at brunch the next morning. No one knew he was coming. And he was like clearly coming off of a bender and he showed up in a Uniqlo shirt with like the size small stickers like running down the front of it and it was just like clearly a mess and um was behaving crazy and I was like oh my god this is like weird I don't like it and so then when I was um inviting people to my wedding which was very small it was like we could have 30 people max and I was like I don't know if he's gonna show up drunk sober like whatever um so I didn't invite him and then he found out about the wedding because of social media and whatever and sent me this text message like on you know after i just gotten married about like how dare you not invite me and i thought we were closer than this and blah 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 blah. and i was just like fuck you dude i just got married i like don't need this in my life and then i just like kind of stopped talking to him so. um but he has since gotten you... sober oh. so maybe i should forgive him but like i don't know that i'm ready yet you don't have to be ready. You also don't have to forgive, even though if he, you can still let him apologize or say what he wants to say and be like, okay, cool. Cause sober, yeah, true. when people have problems, it's like, <sighs> that's the thing. It's tough. We all are like nice in theory about like ideas of mental illness or addiction. And then when it's in your life, you also have to preserve yourself and it is complicated. So, uh, but you know, when you're ready, maybe I just wish more of my friends would go through the 12 step process because I want amends. I want the amends that I feel are due to me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm ready for that. Step, whatever step that is, I'm ready for all of the people who have done me wrong to be like, Brian, you were right. I was wrong. I'm sorry. What? That's all I want. Um, well, fuck. What? Why did you? Why could you only have 30 people at your wedding? What was the venue? Like, um, what did you guys do? So uh, we were getting married because I was moving to London with my partner and we had to get married for like visa reasons. We're not really like the marrying type and we weren't going to do anything. And um, but then the British government was like, oh, we need like pictures of your wedding to prove that it was like something. So we had to plan a wedding at the last minute and a rich friend of my partner's um, has a beautiful townhouse in New York with a terrace. And she was like, you can have it at my house. Um, I'm ordained. I'll like do the ceremony, whatever. But, you know, we could only fit so many people in her house. So it was like 30 people. And so I that's why this. the guest list was like very small. And it's a rich um, person's house. You can't bring someone that's like um, not stable to like knock over a vase. You know what I mean? We um, exactly. Yes. What kind of wealth from what area of life did this person acquire wealth? Um, they are in the entertainment industry, but they, uh, have also been in some relationships with, uh, gentlemen of means. 
Okay, cool. Love that. Love that for you. Um, I do want to go back. Just it was Marlo. It was Marlo Hampton. We were at Marlo Hampton's house. I'm she so hosted my glad wedding. She wore Fendi. They gave her a peach. You are happy. I am happy. And going back to my book, I said in my book, I talked to somebody who worked at Bravo and they said a Bravo executive said to them that she'll never get a peach because she was a sex worker. Yeah. Um, and so then after the book came out, they gave her a peach. And I think they did that to spite me. I think they were like, oh, fuck, they like, <laughs> we're going to make Brian wrong. We're going to give her a peach. So Good. you're welcome, Marlo, for that fucking peach, bitch. <laughs> I'm happy for her. Well, because I also loved in the book, you talked about like fan favorites, villains, like what's worth it, what's not. Why does everyone love candy, do you think? And um, you said everyone loves Marlo, so that's exciting. But yeah, why is Candy such a fan favorite cash cow? Like, what is it the music bit? What is it? I think it's the music bit. I think that she seems real and relatable. And I, but will also like fight if it comes down to it. Like, if you come for her, she's going to be like, you know, fight the lies, the lies. And so. Yeah, I think it's a combination of those two and that she'll bring the drama, but she's also, she feels like someone you want to be friends with. Like a Kyle Richards, you know, I think that's why Kyle Richards is so good because you're like, oh, I want to go to dinner at your house with you and Maurizio. Whereas like Ramona Singer, I don't even want to be in the same city as Ramona Singer. And yeah, so I think that that's why she's so relatable. One of the things I love about Real Housewives is that, for every woman, there are people that love her and there are people that hate her. Almost across the board, you know, you'll have people. I hate Teresa Giudice. Of course, with me the, too. With the flame of a thousand suns, but there are people who love her. And it's like, okay, I get it. And we can debate about it. And I think that's fun. However, Teddy Mellencamp is one of the few that everybody just hates. Like, no, who likes Teddy Mellencamp? Nobody. Um, I mean, the Teresa thing for me is like she is just too dumb and too narcissistic. Yes. Socio like can nothing's her fault ever. No. Everything's deflected. Everything is fake. It's like she truly has narcissism like that is it like clinical. Yes. And so like you it's just not fun to watch. Like she doesn't understand things. She doesn't no. understand nuance. She doesn't understand metaphors. Nothing like the fact that you're actually mad at Melissa for not changing her wedding because you were pregnant like that's psycho that's psych well and the whole thing with jackie being like what if i said gia was doing cocaine in the you know at a party and she like freaks out about it because she oh well if you're going to use an analogy you have to tell me and it, yeah it's boring and i think that as fans of housewives what we like to do is debate about who's you know are you team bethany or are you team carol here's why you're right here's how, why you're right and here you know and you can kind of talk about how they feel and what they're doing and why they feel that way with Teresa. There's, you can't take a side in a fight. It's she's just dumb. Like that's the reason she does things like that's the reason she doesn't get it. She's dumb. And so there's no debate to be had. It's just like, you're stupid. And I and get I that, find that boring. Melissa could be annoying. Like I bet in real life she would annoy me. Like I know what Melissa is like in my, like my idea of Melissa, but it's like, there's no way she's that e like it's you cannot be team Teresa. Like it's just like <laughs> Melissa's yes. like too into her hot body and like needs attention a little too much. But like if you hate Mel if you think Melissa's the bad one in that, like I will I just don't get it. I don't get it. I agree with you. I am actually a Melissa Gorga apologist. I'm a big fan of hers. 
And uh, yeah, I will uh, go to the mat for Missy G, as I like yeah, to Yeah, but her. I can understand if that's your sister. Because deep down, Teresa's jealous. Yes. And she will never yes. be able to see that or admit it or f- like focus and on that. She- and she's mad that Melissa like came on her show and I get that, but bitch, it was 10 years ago at this point. Give it up. Like that's my problem with Teresa. She can't ever get past anything. Anything. It's boring to watch that. I mean, someone, one of the producers I talked to for the book said to me that housewives is really about conflict and conflict resolution. And the best housewives understand that at some point you need to resolve the conflict and move on. And, and I think that, that's part of Teresa's problem is that she can't. And I think that's the problem with Erica and Sutton is Erica needs to get over it and get them back together, at least to a place of detente. And um, she's not going there. Yeah. But also Erica yesterday calling Sutton unpredictable or two weeks ago or something. I'm just like, I don't know. You're, you're all unpredictable. You're all out of your goddamn minds. <laughs> like, I don't know if this right. is that's why you're on the damn show. specific unpredictability thing. I was like, this right. came out of left field. You could have used any other adjective. Like I'm actually quite confused by this, but I mean, whatever. So are you, are you a Garcelle fan? I like Garcelle a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's interesting that a lot of us like Garcelle but hate Sutton, but they're, like, so aligned. Um, they're aligned because so Garcelle think- is just, like, too nice. I don't know why. I, I actually don't know why Garcelle likes Sutton. What I was most disgusted <laughs> about the first time with Sutton is when she used the term kitchen for, like, the back of her hair, meeting her scalp. Yeah. And it's like, okay, Stop trying to prove that you're in with black people to the one black cast member. (laughs) You would never use the term kitchen with Kyle or anyone else. You're doing some weird game to find favor. And it just like it just rubbed me the wrong way, especially then going like I don't see color and not listening when people are trying to explain things to you. It just like it just kind of grossed me out. I'm also grossed out by her because she's so cocky about her money. And it's like, you didn't earn it, bitch. That's your husband's money. You got it. Stop talking about how much money and you can get your own plane. You've made nothing of yourself. I, that's why I don't like Yolanda. (laughs) Like stop bragging about men's money in your life that you have not earned. Like what the fuck are you talking about? I appreciate that. Do not yell at me. And it's like, fuck you. I just, (laughs) I hate, I do not like Sutton. I am with you. And I don't mind if she has the husband's money and she wants to show that off and whatever, but then don't be come to Erica being like, oh, you need a man with money. I don't need a man with money. I have my own money. Yeah, you only have your own money because of some man you fucking married. So why are you like judging Erica for wanting to date some rich dude? That's like, fuck but okay, stupid. I'm gonna tell you an Erica thing. She's so she yesterday's episode, she's wearing the her Cartier like cat diamond ring. And yes. it's like if you're so broke, why don't you sell it? <laughs> Fair enough. You're wearing that uh, rock crying about how things are tough. Like I just can't when there's burn victims, it is just fucked. Uh yeah, I agree with that. I mean, but I yes. And uh, the poetic yeah. nature of eating caviar pie while crying through your professional glam <laughs> about how tough everything is, even though obviously personal turmoil, we would all be fucked up if this was happening to us in any Absolutely, capacity. Yes. There is compassion that a person's life is like f- f- unraveling at the seams, of course, but it is just like, honey, you, you got to understand the optics of the caviar pie. 
Like, yeah, you can't. Well, and I think it's hard doing like. And then you're wearing the cat to... ring. You're wearing the diamond cat ring. I just like I, I can't. Know. I can't. That's where to me it's like. I want maybe I, she borrowed one of Diana's and she sold hers. I don't know. Because uh, I'm an Eric, I went to, I saw her live. I went to her concert, okay, in Brooklyn. Like I I, was there. I have pretty mess. I, I have the songs on my iPhone, okay? Like I'm not burn her at the stake, but like Sutton's fucking annoying. I love Garcelle because she's hot. She is real. It's what they want. That's the reality. Like I'm not spending that much on a purse. Like it's the reality we want. And yes. I, I love that she's like, it's my birthday. I'm not I'm not fighting with you. But it's not as annoying as Meredith disengaging. But it's like, my son is here, you fucked up, and I'm out. No, I I agree with you. If it was my birthday party and you tried to fight with me, I'd be like, fuck you. I got, like, 20 other people here that I can go talk with. Yeah. Do you have a favorite city? Is Beverly Hills your favorite? I would say New York gives me the most. And um, you talked about this. This is something in your book I was so grateful to learn is that a lot of them have different production companies. And that totally informs the different cities and what I like and dislike about them. And I never thought about that. But New York, um, what my friends and I, I don't even think this is an original opinion of mine, but it's like... They will call like you are a terrible mother and you deserve nothing. And then it's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let's have a martini and we're off. You know, the drama is so fast. There's divorce. There's arrest. There's tears. There's frozen eggs. It's like it never ends. There's cheating. And then Beverly Hills, you're talking Lucy, Lucy, apple juice all season. Oh, my God. Yeah. And New York and Atlanta is the same way. Those Atlanta bitches, especially on a trip. They will, yeah, they will claw each other's eyes out at dinner and the next morning at breakfast, they're like, ha, 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 wasn't that funny? And like, it's conflict and resolution and that's what we want. And I think one of the great things about New York too that I think people overlook a lot is that they're funny, which I think goes a long way. And that they, for like a period of time, they were all single, which I thought was a really interesting dynamic in that you have all these women of a certain age and they're all single. They're like out on the prowl. And I think that that's something you don't get in, you know, Beverly Hills where they're all in relationships or whatever, yeah, you know, and them- sometimes you're like, can't someone get divorced just to make this interesting? <laughs> no, but even like them in Amsterdam, Beverly Hills in Amsterdam, which gave me my favorite moment, which is beast. How dare you? Like I would get that tattooed on me forever. <laughs> um, and that makes Eileen my favorite, like beast. How dare you is like, I just love it. But them being like, Oh, space cake. I don't know. Can we smoke weed? I can't smoke weed. I don't want my daughter. You know, it's like annoying. They put on airs you. and I love yeah. that New York. It's like, Okay, you definitely just like all fucked this Hooters guy. You know what I mean? Or like, yes, like they were in that man's yacht bathroom doing fucking rails like you can't believe. And they're not even trying. There's no like, were you doing bathroom? Were you doing coke in the bathroom at your party? It's like, oh, you were doing coke in the bathroom at your party. And they don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's my problem with Beverly Hills is none of them want to get their noses dirty. And, And you see that. That's like what that core group always does is they exploit the drama with like Sutton or Crystal or whatever so that they don't have to get messy. And so that's why they're always like going through new people because then they're like, oh, why do I want to be on the show where everyone like attacks me? That's crazy. Whereas, yeah, New York is just like, yeah, here's a picture of Tom making out with some other girl at the Regency. What you going to do about it, bitch? They're drunk. <laughs> they're so drunk. They've lived lives. They're oh my hurt. God. They've been betrayed. And, um, they live life. I mean, and they're erratic. I mean, and they're shitting themselves. I mean, 
to have Ramon, like these women are shitting themselves on television. Like you just, you can't. (laughs) And Atlanta, they put themselves out there in a different way. Like Cynthia's bachelorette party, like hanging in a sex swing and Candy's putting a vibrator on your clit. Like this is broad. Like what the, these, the women go there. And I like that. And I appreciate the Atlanta women for being the uh, most fluid. (laughs) They are getting not only fluid, business. They they got on scales. They showed everyone their COVID weight gain. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They got on a scale and showed their weight. No, can you imagine? I mean, not since Tyra Banks's talk show has anyone ever (laughs) dared to do such a thing. So if so, we know that Real Housewives New York legacy or um, Roni Glue Factory, as I like to call it, is coming up. Who? Wh- what is your ideal like New York legacy cast? What does that look like? I don't know, honestly. I just don't like Leah. I'm like a bot. I do not like Leah. I do. I don't want Ramona Fair. in my life ever. Um, ever. I. We don't need her. Um. No, I would want Bethany back. I love Heather Thompson, <laughs> but I don't know if she'd come Interesting. back. I love Interesting. Caviar. I don't know that she would come back, no. but yeah, she's good. She's where um, I would. Uh, yeah, definitely a Bethany. I want Sonia there. Tinsley. What if I said that? What the vajazzling woman? Um, Cindy Barship. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? She talked to me for my book, though, so I love her. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah, so they they threatened the housewives. Can I go? I do want to go back to the book now. I was it worth it? Like, were, do you regret showing them the papers? Do you regret telling them you were going to write it and not and not just being sleuth about it? Like, is there regret? Do you wish you did it a different way? I feel like the way they roll they would have found out sooner rather than later. So I think it was good. Yeah. That I like started this thing and didn't even tell them. Um, But I do think that they made it difficult for me, but I think it was, it's a better book because of it, because um, the people who I found who wanted to talk and were willing to talk, really wanted to dish. And there were people like who wanted to talk about this thing. And I think it made me, you know, I think what a lot of the fans wanted was like a lot of gossip about the women and the women like tearing each other apart and like talking shit about each other and whatever, here's what really went down. And I think that I focus more on the, the thing as a whole and like why we like it and you know, what made it what it is. And, you know, we still got all the behind the scenes stuff and some drama and some gossip and whatever, but I think it's a little bit more than just um, housewives talking shit about each other. You know what I mean? And and I think that that's what the other book, though I haven't read it, is a lot of. And I, you know, and I think that Bravo is always happy for the women to talk shit about each other and tear each other down and embarrass them and do whatever. And they just don't want any light shine shown on them and so i you know wanted to expose some of what they were doing more than some of the what what the women were doing so i think that the the short answer is i think it became a better book because of it though it was a lot harder than i initially conceived it to be 
Yeah, absolutely. No, I loved uh, reminiscing because we didn't know what it was. With Orange County, it was so nice to relive that moment of like, yeah, I didn't know what it was, but I knew I was hooked and I would never stop. Like, and yes. Tammy is one of my favorites. Like, I loved her bad blonde teen daughters and like the pit bulls. <laughs> like, it really... Yeah, it's wild. I, We've seen these families grow and change, and I don't know. So, wait, what is your New York answer? Like, I don't know why I fall apart. Oh, I would want Dorinda, but Dorinda would have to like work on herself. Like, Dorinda on Girls Trip was really hard to watch. Very she, hard to very watch. Very hard to watch. Yeah, I, I, ideally, I would like a Bethany back. I think she's great. Real, uh, you know, one of the all-time greats. Um, Sonia Morgan, my all-time favorite. Countess Luann, who has been like a clutch player. Yeah. I, Tinsley, I would be into. Um, trying to think of, I mean, I feel like you need to bring my girl Jill Zarin back. Yeah, um, but I can't. Yeah, Dorinda was so mean to her on Girls Trip, and it's like, okay, what oh if one God. of your friends is being thirsty? Why drag them even more? Right. It and just, also, Jill has uh, always been thirsty. Like that's who Jill is. So why are you mad about it now? I know. I just and Dorinda's just as thirsty. I mean, she's she's the one who's like, I'm just on pause, thinking she's gonna come back. But I mean, that Brady Glanville was so right. You keep acting like this, no one's ever gonna want you back. And before Girls Trip on Twitter, on Housewives Twitter, all the time. I don't know how much you follow it, but everyone was always like, bring back Dorinda, bring back Dorinda. I haven't heard that once since Girls Trip. I think she really put the nail in that coffin. Yeah, she was really bad. Um, have you ever been yeah. a Dorinda? Have you ever gone Dorinda on a friend trip? Have you ever gone full psycho? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't really. I can think of some like blow ups I've had. Like I have one friend who is very aggressive and only responds to like an equal amount of aggression. And so I've kind of, you know, I'm not afraid to be aggressive, but usually I don't fight like that with my friends i save it for like random people like when i got into a fight with kathy and jimmy at lax oh my god okay yeah you got a spill she is a hero so let me hear it um so we were in the security line at lax and we were at kind of like you know how you go like back and forth in the line like it zigzags and so we were at a bend and she was there with her daughter and she had a giant rolly bag and she was taking up all this room and i kind of moved to get out of her way she was taking up so much room and she was like um are you trying to get in front of us? Just so you know, we're like in front of you. And she was like accusing me of trying to cut her in line. And I was like, no, I'm not trying to cut you in line. I'm like here because you're taking up all this room with your bag and whatever. I'm not, I'm, I can have whatever bag I want. Blah. And then I just like went in and I was like, fuck you. Um, and so I'll like get um, Dorinda on like a random person. And then like, as this was going, as I'm yelling at her, I'm like, Oh, it's Kathy and Jimmy. <laughs> oh like I didn't even realize God. it until I was like mid shout. And then I was like, well, we're too far gone now. I so. think I'm speaking for myself and the listeners of this pod. We would like to hear some more um, random strange attacks. Um, my The one that my husband always likes to tell is, um, you know, he always tells it that we were at Grand Central Station and we were going to visit my parents in Connecticut. And so I went into, they have this little room with a bunch of ticket machines and there's like no room inside there. And he was standing outside and I went to go into the room to buy tickets and he's standing out there and he hears someone yell, fuck you. And he's like, oh, that has to do with Brian. I just know it. And he was a hundred percent correct. <laughs> 
Because, <laughs> like, there was a... Uh, you know, there was this melee in the room. Everyone's trying to get to the ticket machine and there wasn't a clear line. And there was one machine that nobody was at. And I kind of, you know, excuse me and pushed by some people and went to that machine and like, you know, pushed on it and it wasn't working. And I was like, okay. And so this woman goes, um, that's not working. And I would have told you that if you weren't so rude and said, excuse me and pushed by me and whatever. And I was like, listen, I don't know what's going on lady, whatever. And, um, and so then she goes like further into the room, does her business and comes out and there's all these people blocking her way. And she says, excuse me, and walks by this guy. And I was like, you said, excuse me, and brushed past him. How rude. And she just went, fuck you. And that was like, <laughs> you know, that's the kind of shit I pull. I'm just like, not. That's gonna, fun I'm not though. Here for it. That's so fun yeah. that you caught her doing the things she was mad at you about. Yeah. And like, I remember once I was at a, uh, pizza place uh, on Ninth Avenue where near where I lived at the time. And there were these two women, um, you know, and there was like a line. We had waited in the line and these two women get to the front of the line and they're doing the, what do you want? I don't know. What do you want? Like whatever. And I was like, bitch, we've been waiting in this line. And so I kind of went around them and I was like, I like one of those and one of, you know, one of these. We were next to the line, blah, blah, blah. I was like, you were taking your sweet ass time. You had all this time in the line to decide. And now you're like holding us back. And I just like kept going. And then she eventually, so we kept going back and forth. And eventually um, she called me a cheese dick. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, whatever cheese dick. And I was like, oh, now we're calling names. Okay, bitch. But wait, but the register person was on your side, right? The register person was totally on my side. Yeah, that's all you really need. Yeah. And so uh, that's the kind of stuff that I'm always like getting into arguments about it because I'm just like, you can't follow the rules and fuck you. I'm, you know, whatever. Yeah. I nice have person. a lot of fantasies <laughs> of like standing up for people in public. Like I can't wait to be like, don't yell at her. You know, that's what I like to do. Yeah. <laughs> but I, yes, I am not afraid to like get up in it and be like, what the hell i do find um, myself but, ruder to like str- like cis white men like i am ruder to them than anyone else i um like a lot I, of my <laughs> fights for a while were like with women and so i i was like wait am i doing this because i'm like not afraid of them because they're women and i wouldn't do this with a man and so i've been trying to recalibrate my like you know our argument matrix well, no. and so yeah i'm trying to like yell more at men than i would at women because karens are real that's the zeitgeist yeah. i just more men are annoying to me like i was the, <laughs> the pod no, like i was in line to go into the metal detector you know tsa pre yeah. and a guy had just put his suitcase and turned around and saw me and goes oh go ahead and i was like yeah i was here first like what do you mean go ahead yeah yeah. Oh my God. I fucking of hate course that. I, so like I told you- him like, of course I'd be going ahead or like someone was using some, like the plug next to me. And he was like, you can use this plug. I go, yeah, I could see like, I don't know why you're talking. I hate you. Like, I don't Yeah. <laughs> Little <laughs> Mom, things. One of but- the things I hate the most is like when you're on a bike or you're a pedestrian and you like get to where you're about to cross the street and somebody sees you and they like wave you on. It's like, no bitch, I'm going like, I'm going anyway. You're not in charge here. I'm in charge here and I'm going. <laughs> yeah, you. petty. So you're petty. I am petty to the max. And like, yeah, well, and like you, I just, if these people 
think that they don't have to obey by the rules or they think that they know better or whatever, then that's when I'm like, no, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. And a lot of people do things because they think they're going to get away with it. And and you're there to go. No, actually, you will not be talking to me like that. Another TSA story. I was in line at JFK and there was a guy in front of me and he was some kind of lawyer and he was talking on the phone like the whole time. It was like a long line up to when they check your boarding pass, you know, before you go into the metal scanner. He was talking. He was really loud. He was like shouting and making all these phone calls and whatever. And finally hangs up the phone and he turns around and he goes, oh, sorry, that must have been real annoying. And I was like, yeah, it was. And he's like, oh, well, I take my apology back. Fuck you. And it's like. Dude, you knew it was annoying. What, you want me to be like, no, you're not annoying? Like, I'm not going to absolve you for being a fucking asshole. I'm going to tell you you're being an asshole, and you knew it, and you still did it anyway. So, fuck you. Yeah, Ugh. the one thing... I'm that, mad about it now. <laughs> the one thing I do, though, that I know is bad by... I, mostly outside, but I will FaceTime or speakerphone on the streets. That's my flaw. I feel... I wouldn't do it inside or at an airport. Like, if I'm trying to do a ton of stuff and I'm just like, I need this car. Like, I'll just do it. It's like, I can't. Sorry, guys. (laughs) I mean, I don't love it. No, you don't have to love it. I know it's bad. And and I will only allow it for one reason. And it's because all the housewives do it. And I I feel like you've just been conditioned to (laughs) want to talk on speakerphone. (laughs) All the time by the I housewives. Only so talk on it's really Andy phone. Cohen's fault. I know. So you do only we, do speakerphone in the house. Yeah, it's always speaker. Like I just need oh, speakers yeah. in your constantly. house. You could do whatever and you outside, want, but not at the nail salon. Like I was at the nail salon. The woman next to me was like watching a full thriller movie, and I was like, "Do you have headphones?" She goes, "Unfortunately not." And I was like, "You're making a crazy decision t- today." But okay, like full thriller. Like I would never do it in a nail salon. I would never like disrespect everyone in a small space but if i'm like walking down the street i'm on speakerphone i yes i feel that i once was on the subway and offered to lend somebody my headphones because they were watching like a movie on their phone i was like do you want to borrow my headphones what did they say and he was just like no i'm good and i was like oh okay (laughs) which is kind of which is I'm normally passive aggressive for me. Usually I'd be like, shut that fucking thing off. But but do you, are you ever scared? Trick- are you ever scared, though, like starting shit or you use your gut instinct or what is it? Like, has anyone ever tried um, to kick your ass? No one has ever tried to kick my ass. And I think that's why I was like, oh, maybe I do this more to women than I do it to men because I'm afraid to do to kick my ass. And so then I was like, fuck it, I'm just going for dudes too. And that, no one has kicked my ass so far, but it might have come close a few times. <laughs> Wait, but I, I can get like lippy. So I'll, I just start like yelling. And then usually they it just kind of, yeah, it doesn't get physical. And what were you going to say? What's your other little trick you like to do? Or like your other oh, go-to? When I hate people um, who litter. <laughs> it's like a pet peeve of mine. And so if someone just like drops something on the subway, I'll like pick it up and I'll go, excuse me, ma'am, ma'am, excuse me, excuse me, you dropped this and like give it to them. And when they take it, what's their face look like? It's like, don't you know, I just fucking dropped that on the floor because it's trash. But then they're like embarrassed because somebody caught them. But I'm also like playing it off like I'm trying to be nice. But I'm really not. I'm just being an asshole. Uh, 
<laughs> and does your husband get off on these little games you play, or is he like, oh um, God, Brian he hates them, and we've I had to have so. a discussion about it. <laughs> and so I am. Um, you might be able to sympathize, but I don't think you're as loud as I am. But I have a very loud voice, and um, you know, especially when I lived in New York, like all the tables are really close together, and I'm just loud. And when I get excited, or when I really get into talking about something, I get even louder. So we're at this restaurant we went to all the time and we were seated next to this couple and um she, and you know we we're just talking and then she goes excuse me um can you like keep it down you're being really loud and i looked at her and i said i'm sorry but your comfort is of no concern to me <laughs> <laughs> and my husband just went oh brian like and then her boyfriend is like yeah good one you're stuck with blah 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 and so then like everyone so it's like unless he defends me like that everyone thinks i'm wrong and it's like no i'm not wrong she's wrong you're in a fucking restaurant in public you might be next to a loud person that's just the fucking way it goes like you know yeah whatever. my friend has a laugh that sometimes annoys people but she's just living a joyful life and i'll take that if i sense shade towards her i'll take that as an opportunity to, to get involved like i do like that to instigate a fight i'm like wait did you want to say something like i have no um, patience for that yeah and so I told him, I was like, you, you don't need to, if you disagree with me, you don't need to like say I'm right, but you need to stay silent. Like you need to not be like, I'm doing something bad by. And what did he by, say? And he, he can't do it. He just, it's just, just like a reflex. But the funny thing is he's also very passive aggressive and like, gets upset by things but won't say anything so we'll go to the movies and there's someone talking behind us and he's just hur, hur, hur. and then i have like the person talking behind me and the husband who's like harum harumph and it's like just fucking say something so he won't say something so then i have to be like excuse me could you you know keep it down um which i so now when someone talks to the movies i usually just turn around and say excuse me and they calm down whereas before i would have to be like cunty about it and i'd turn around and be like are you going to talk through the entire movie and then it would like start something so i, I as i have grown older and matured <laughs> your delivery slightly. has softened to the strange yes to get yes what you want. and th and that like i don't i still don't want you to talk and i'm still gonna say something but i'm not gonna be an asshole about it so yeah so that so he won't say anything but he also benefits from the fact that i will say something but he only wants me to say something when it benefits him and i think that's fucked up of course so. I, but what brought me to my attention was like um people's perspective on things because for me if you leave your window shade open on a plane I'm livid. You're a dick to me. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> like the fact that you think sun should be coming in and shining when we're all trying to watch our screens and pass the fuck out. I'll kill you. And then I was in a Twitter thread about plane etiquette and someone wrote, "Ugh, I hate when people ask me to put my shade down. I paid for the seat. I want the window. I'm not like, fuck you. And I go, oh, that's so crazy. I never even thought about that but i told her i go it's not that crazy to ask for it i go it is like bothersome <laughs> it does bo it it bothers other people that sunlight but yes. i guess you know if you want the sunlight you deserve it you bought it okay i feel that way about people who recline their seats i mean bitch. i recline are you kidding i paid for i'm reclining oh, no no recline doesn't really make that much of a difference in comfort it does yeah um yeah, I'm, I'm. Are we talking like flat up coach or like coach plus? 
I'm coach. Pl- I, I, when I fly, mate, I don't care. I'm always reclining. I don't care. And one time someone said, can you stop reclining? And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> I think that is a completely fair exchange in that if you're like, no, I'm not going to stop doing it. Like someone once asked me to shut off my reading light and I was like, no, I'm reading. Like, <laughs> fuck you, you're crazy. But then she was a crazy woman and then she proceeded to eat the entire in-flight, ma- like she was just eating the in-flight magazine. <laughs> Oh my god. So of course she had ridiculous requests. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. That was a cr- the craziest fly I've ever been on in my life. But yeah. no, sunlight to me is bad. I saw a bad parent recently. I mean, the thing is I com- the, the enemies pod, I complain about all of these things throughout my intros. So like I feel crazy. I'm like repeating myself, but these are the little exchanges that are wild in the world. I don't know. No, absolutely. And I think that that's what we need to Larry David of of it all. This is the craziest thing I had to teach my husband while we're talking about it. And that is because I, as you can tell, I have a lot of enemies. I have a lot of nemeses. There's like a whole list. And he didn't know until I told him that my enemies are also his enemies. Like he has to hate them too. Like that's just how a relationship works, right? Um, Are there any friends of his that you hate that you think that he needs to stop being friends with? No, there are friends of his that I don't care for, but I like, and I'll tell him, but when we're around them, I'm very nice to them. And I, you know, try to do my best and whatever. But these are just like random people. And, you know, and it's like, no, you, you have to hate them too. You can't talk well, to no, them. Well, no, one of my be nice about them. favorite categories of people are at comedy clubs where I'm thinking of a specific story at the cellar, but it's like when the girl is drunk and acting a mess and the guy is just silent and knows that she sucks, but like can't do anything about it and has to leave. Like that to yeah. me is like gold that I chase in life. And like, how are people going to deal with it? And there was a psycho woman recently at a show, but the guy stayed and she left on her own. Uh, but I like the dynamic of like the girls acting crazy and drunk and mean and the, guy knows it but he's in this because she's hot or his wife or something right what do you say to those people when they're like when it's a drunk mean girl do you like engage with them are you like a do you engage with the crowd it depends. I'm always engaging. Like I always like to yeah. talk. I like to be in the moment. Like I like to experience everyone. I like to see that when I'm not on stage. That's my favorite. Like seeing all the interactions. <laughs> when I'm on stage, most drunk girls like me. Um, but if you're ruining my time, I will get. Uh, you'll get kicked out. Like you can't ruin my time on stage because yeah. this is my life and I'm trying to have a good time. So if you're ruining that, you're out of the show. I don't need you here. Um, but you don't want to turn on someone that has a kind heart because then the audience kind of hates that. So I'll try to be like, you're so cute, but please shut up. Or like, or I'll try to play with it. But if you, yeah, but good spirit. The only time people are mean, yeah, get out of here or you can sit frowning, but I'm going to tell you to shut up. One time a woman got up and, and I was so nice. I just, when I hear people talking or any noise, it fucks my concentration up. And I don't think they realize how much I'm trying to do, which is like, do my act, remember an hour of material, but be in the moment enough to engage everyone. And when people are talking, 
it's just disruptive to me. So yeah. I just said to the table, I'm like, I'm so sorry. You're just like so distracting. Please stop. They took it as a personal offense that I'm some bit ba- like, I'm not even, I go, I'm not even being mean to you. I'm up here. I'm being vulnerable. I'm doing my set. Like, I'm just telling you, like, stop talking. It's bothering me. And she like flipped out in this wild way and stood up and walked out and was like, I make more money than you, but it was a small town. Ugh. And so a man in the back goes, that's my ex-wife. And no, she doesn't. And so <laughs> it was quite fun. And it's like, I never said I was rich. Like if I was rich, I wouldn't be in this tiny little place in this tiny ass town. Okay. Like I'm not here bragging. I just want you to shut up so I can do my show. Like, I don't know. Which you paid to see, bitch. So yeah, it's weird. Oh um, or people, I, but I got into a little thing. My dad is such a fucking, he's so annoying, but um for some reason heckling came up and he was very much like well if people paid for their ticket then they should be able to do whatever they want i go i don't need their money they can leave i don't give a shit refund them i don't <laughs> yeah. care no fuck you don't uh, yeah it's just like I, I, I this is mine stop you can't I, I was just mad that my dad would defend the hecklers of like well if they paid money why can't they talk i go what are you talking about there's no like you don't go to a show and talk. I remember years and years and years. I was like a teenager. I went to see Ben Harper at the Chicago Theater, and it was like mm-hmm. a very pared down sh- show. But like he looked so hot. But at one point he went to the edge of the stage and sang acapella, no mic, no nothing, and everyone is quiet because it's like it's Ben Harper singing in a pink silk vest. Like this is amazing, and someone kept like we love you, and it's like shut the fuck up. It was Erica Jane right. while Chris, that woman, who's the oh, new woman. God, that was awful. Oh, I fucking can't say it. We love you. It's like, bitch, shut up. Like, no, uh, but I wouldn't have said something original. But I wouldn't have sat quiet like the rest of the women. I would have said, Erica, shut up. I want to listen to him sing. I would not allow that. You would be such a good housewife. <laughs> I mean that. I as think a so too. I think so too. I think I'd have fun. I don't know. Yeah, I would be like the Heather Gay of a group. <laughs> I would have, uh, what if you had to pick a city to be dropped into? Which city would you pick? That's so interesting. I want to say Beverly Hills because it's like such nice accommodations and like living. But I don't know if I'd like feel bad about myself. I don't know. I don't I, I I'm leaning towards Beverly Hills. I feel like that's a good direction to lean in. Yeah. And I live in L.A. and it's like I could be the kid sister of the Beverly Hills bunch. <laughs> they would be like, where did you find this girl? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. She is nobody film with her. No, and I'm working on myself, but sometimes there is a simmering rage, but it's also like I believe in honesty and communication and it's easier as a belief than an action and it is really hard and uncomfortable at times and sometimes yeah. I choose not to do it, but it's like um and sometimes I'm like don't get involved, they're doing it to piss you off, just stop it. You don't have to fight about rape culture, you know, like just this isn't worth it. Let them talk about Rogan. And then sometimes I'm just like you fucking piece of shit. The audience would see themselves in me. They'd be happy. I, they wouldn't have to like push cuz I like you had so many good insights. Like I love the thing that you said yeah. about, you know, them the producers liking if they take the takeout and put it on the plate so we can relate to these yeah. women. You know, I love I loved that these little bits and I loved the I love that we always see them order. Like yeah. that's something I enjoy. Um they it is a special show. I I loved in the book you also highlighted the Etsy culture, the like podcast, the like careers yes. of housewife spin-off careers, which I like. 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's like me. And, you know, I talked to Casey Wilson and Danielle Schneider who do Bitch Sesh. And yes. it's like, yeah, it's like we owe our whole career to the Housewives. And like, same, you know, I did stuff before Housewives. I'll do stuff after Housewives. And I do some non-Housewives stuff, but it's like, this is what people want to talk to me about. And so people always come up to me and like, oh, I'm, I'm sure you're sick of, of talking about Housewives. I'm like, no, girl, I'm like happy that I have this fucking stupid, weird ass job that I have. Like, I'm happy to talk to you about Housewives for as long as you want. As long as you're not a Tracy DJ fan, that's where I draw the line. Yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, I'm happy to talk about Housewives. You know what else I loved about the book? Sorry, I'm so addicted, but I have to let oh, everyone know addicted, that I got please. through a book. This is the first book I've gotten through in like five years, I would say. Um, <laughs> I'm very flattered. Yeah. like Even though I don't count audiobooks as reading, I will have to go on the record again for that. But um, I love that you said like the husbands that come and it's like, oh, which housewife are we watching tonight, dear? You know, like I love um, couple watching. So do you, and your husband watches with you. Um, yes. Would you ever watch separate? What are the rules and how long does it take to write, write the recaps? Like, do you watch it a few times? Once for fun, once for business? Like what? So when the season starts, we'll get I'll get the first episode like a month ahead. And so then I'm like, oh, I have a surprise. And then I just like put on Beverly Hills and he's like super excited. And then we watch that together. And I like, don't take that. I just like watch it for fun and we just watch it and make fun of it and whatever. And then, but then for the other shows, I usually get them like a day in advance. Sometimes I get them like that afternoon. And it depends on like the timing of like when I have to watch it and when I have to write about it and hand it in and if he's around or not. And so I try to, so it's harder with the ones I recap to watch together. Um, but he loves to watch them together because he likes to make jokes and then have me steal them for the recap. Like he wants <laughs> to get the jokes in the recap. And then he's like super proud that he like got a joke in. Um, but he doesn't watch all of them. He doesn't watch Potomac. He doesn't watch Orange County, which I don't blame him. He doesn't watch New Jersey. But yeah, we watch most of them together. And so I, I watch it. I take notes. So I like pause and I'll like rewind things and I'll like write down quotes if I think I want to say like, oh, and then Bethany said like whatever. And I'll like make sure I get it verbatim. Um, so it takes me like the episodes are 43 minutes without commercials. So it takes me like an hour, an hour and 15 to watch it with all the pausing and rewinding and stuff. But then I only watch it once and then I go and I write and it, if I bang it out, it takes me like about an hour. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes I get distracted or if it's really boring, I'm trying to think about like what I want to say. Fine. Who's the most boring funny. housewife? Oh my God. I mean, they, they all get fired is the thing. Like the boring ones get fired, like Teddy, you know, or like, Peggy Sulahan from fucking Orange, Orange County. You know what I mean? Like, I think Diana is boring as shit. Well, um, and maybe another criminal. Else. Do you think now they're going to be purposely hiring criminals to get the like bang, bang of true crime, the housewives, get the scandals, make money off crimes? Like, what's up? I don't think so, because I feel like that would be negligent. And I do question the maybe not morality is maybe a strong term, but the idea that we are allowing Bravo to profit off of people's crimes. I think it's very you know, fucked like, up. But, you know, my friend yeah. did mention that this woman is very like 
uh, allegedly connected to Epstein and like weird shit. So it's like, why are we bringing Diana her Jenkins? Yeah, yeah, that there's that like seems... some sex trafficking vibes, and so maybe it's just rumors. But like, why are you bringing her on? Um, so I don't think that they are actively courting criminals or people who might be engaged in criminal behavior, though they did cast all of New Jersey. And I mean, those people are clearly fucking were mobbed up as shit. So, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, can we talk I, about this? This is an I'm sorry I'm interrupting, but I just like I feel so happy it. to have you. <laughs> um, Fucking Dina, like what the fuck? Manzo, like getting the husband fucking beat up like this is true fucking crimes. And that Caroline is sticking to the brother in law. Like what the fuck? Crazy. Absolutely insane. And yes, that whole thing is nuts. And that he like had somebody beat up Dina's new husband for um, like a free event at the fucking townhouse. Or the brownstone, sorry, the brownstone, the their like catering hall. It's just, oh my god, it's insanity. Jersey's crazy. Well, so I have an enemy. Um, my husband and I own an apartment in Los Angeles, and it's a small. It's in a small building. There's like nine units. It's near the comedy store. Okay. Oh my God, heaven. That's my dream life. One of the apartments is owned by a famous person, an actor. His wife is like my arch nemesis. And so there's only nine units. So everyone's on the homeowners association, whatever. And she is always on about something. And she like always is sending like group emails and being like, bitchy and crazy about stuff. And then when we have the calls to like do stuff, she like never shows up. And so she ran for the homeowners association board. And I was like, I am campaigning against her. And I did everything I could to vote against her. And then we had the call to find out who was going to be on the board. And she didn't even show up to find out if she was going to be on the board. And then she fucking won and I'm pissed. And so why does she have such a hold on everyone? Are they that famous? Uh, no, they're, no, it's not like, it's not like Mrs. Tom Cruise, you know, like they're famous, but not like super mega famous. I don't know what it is, but yeah, uh, maybe it's, maybe she was new and all the other people are already on the board. And so all the people who are already on the board are somebody else's enemy. <laughs> and are you renting it out to somebody or no? No, we, um, okay. You're not there's like to. rules and regulations. That's what I thought. So we, yeah, we use it when we're in L.A. He my husband travels to L.A. a lot for work, so he's there like fairly often. And we let like friends and family use it and stuff. But um, yeah, but you're happy to be out. in London with the pied-a-terre in Los Angeles. Yes, I usually come to Los Angeles for like all of January because the winter here is fucking miserable. Damn, you really live a good life. Wait, how <laughs> I mean, are you feeling about Dubai? It's not working. I feel I wasn't excited about it because of all the political blah, blah, blah. Um, And yeah, and I just don't feel like it's working. And I feel like the standout is that Chanel Ayan, but she is trying so hard. And I really don't like that. Like, I feel like she's playing the part of a housewife and she's just always in some ridiculous costume. And I'm not here for Dubai. 
How, how do you feel about Dubai? I tried. I gave it maybe three episodes and not and like not excitedly. And if I wasn't in a hotel, maybe I wouldn't. I, yeah, it's just not doing it for me because I think a big you, part um, and you mentioned this is um, the or like there needs to be an actual friend group or connectivity. Yes, and it's absolutely. not really real here. Yeah, no, I agree. And I feel like that connectivity on a cast like Potomac or New York can be that these women have been co-workers for a very long time. Like that's a, you know, definite dynamic. And so, yeah, these women have, they're not co-workers yet. They're not even real friends. They're all trying real hard to be housewives. And yeah, and then they're having all this social media drama with Phaedra and then they're having social media drama with Lisa Rinna. And it's like, stop it. Who is your favorite and least favorite that you've met of the housewives in any fat capacity? Ooh, that's a very good question. I haven't met a ton of them. Um, I try to keep them a little bit at arm's length. I mean, Erica is great and, and we have a great time together. I think that, um, who else have I met? That was great. I Carol Radziwill is a good time. Um, she, she's a lot of fun. Who's the worst that I, I met? like her. I, met Ramo- I just got sorry to cut you off. Obviously, Ramona is the worst. Um, but yeah. with Carol, I just I didn't like that. I heard she's not very nice to production because she was my favorite yes. always. And then it was like, why are you a bitch to production? Yeah, I agree with you, but she's always been nice to me. So thanks, Carol Redsworth. I know. Um, She's just the most in line with like a life that I would like to live. I don't know. um, You know who I actually hung out with once who was a really fun time is Whitney Sudler-Smith from Southern Charm. Do you watch Southern Charm? I do not watch Southern Charm. Oh, Whitney Whitney was a lot of fun. More so than I thought. Because, you know, people are always like, oh, what are they like in person? And I'm, I was, they're exactly like they are on the show. It's a reality show. And I find that is very true. I will say, I, when back in the day when I worked at Gawker, I met Alex McCord and Simon Van Kempen. And they were very cool in that they like got it and they like knew what they were doing in a way that a lot of people don't. Did and they I really? Because really, they were crazy. Yeah. They, they were cringe, but they knew what they were doing and they knew what the kind of medium was capable of, et cetera. So now they have moved to Australia. Supposedly Simon's like 500 pounds. Wait, what was your Ramona interaction? Just rude, right? Yeah, just like, she's just Ramona. And I was just like, whatever, lady. But we've, have I asked you this? I feel like maybe on when I did your Christmas show, I must have tried to uh, fork this in. That's not the saying. For, what's the word? <laughs> whatever vicky versus ramona who's worse oh whoo, that's a good question i will say so i wrote about this in the book when i went on vacation with vicky yeah. she was a real mensch and she was made sure everyone got their money's worth and was really nice to everybody and i was really impressed with that and so i will say ramona is probably worse yeah and also i mean vicky probably has a lot of bad views but we've never heard allegations of racism against her maybe because there's never been a black woman in orange county but you know so yeah it's so hard to know where to draw the line with our favorite monsters you know yeah you called them um menagerie of monsters which i really 
loved. Yeah. They are monsters. And that's the thing. It's um, the people that don't get it and want to tear down the housewives are very much like they're bad. They're this or that. Like, we don't know. Like, we're so stupid. And it's like, we right. know they're bad. We're not uh, we're not trying to be that. This isn't aspirational to us. Is it to some, maybe to some, but they're the marks. They're the WWE yeah. marks. And that has nothing yes. to do with us. Like, we're not looking at Ramona's life going well, one day. Like, that's yeah, just not the I, vibe. I, I, Wait, I wish I could be like that. What do you think of the rumor that Demois is Jill Zarin's daughter? Oh, my God. That would be amazing. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, I have a friend who I worked with at Gawker who wrote an article for Vanity Fair about who Dumois is. And she supposedly like figured it out and like got it confirmed and whatever, but they didn't print the name. But, um, maybe I should drop her a, a DM and be like, is it Ali Theron? <laughs> maybe. Please tell me if it is. I mean, have I squeezed every bit of juice out of you? Like personal housewives, everything. I mean, <sighs> what else, what other juice would you like? No, this is good. And how are you with friend? Do you cut people off? You what said you you're petty. You said you're petty. So with friendships or relationships, do you cut people off for petty stuff, or are you someone that? No, I am very, What's your friendship very loyal as a friend. And like once you're like a friend, you're like family and I will like put up with all of your bullshit forever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but there are some people who um, I will. There are some things that I will stop hanging out with some people for. If you're a bad drunk and I can't be around you when you're drinking, then that's like I'll stop hanging out with you. If you're always late. I will stop hanging out with you. Um, yeah, I, those are, I think are really the only two, but Always yeah, late. I, what percentage of late will you accept? Um, I think that like uh, 15 to 20 minutes with a text is acceptable. Okay. Anything more than that is like, because like I had a friend who she, she would be like 30, 45 minutes late, like every single time, like, even when you tell her like, oh, we're meeting at 630 when you're really meeting at seven and she would still be late for seven, you know, and like, um, yeah. And I was like, I can't be bothered with this anymore. This is too much work. I feel like um, being a writer, I hang out with a lot of writers and they're kind of the worst. But I think that the only people who might be worse than writers as a group are comedians. Yes. And then my friend who knows lots of comedians, but then also works in higher ed said professors are worse than comedians. So that's really good. that's good to know. There is someone worse. Well, now we will never have to become professors, at least there's that. Um, no, comedians are bad because I have like um, my friend Veronica. She'll be like, well, why don't you just get less dramatic friends? And I'm like, honey, that's not an option. Are you kidding me? I'm in Hollywood. Like, I don't know what to tell you. We're dramatic. We're yeah. out of our and I'm involved. I'm not innocent in any of these things. Like I yes. even if I think I'm right and I had these convos, like, was it worth ending these things? Was it worth speaking to someone so harshly that like our friendship is shattered and we're in a good place, but it'll never be the same. But that person did annoy the shit out of me. And maybe it's good we have boundaries and we don't hang out all the time. Like, who knows? I don't know. Life's all so long. Like, we go in and out of each other's lives. Um, but there isn't... Yeah. There, well, it, people don't like people that end friendship. Or it's like, oh, she drops people. Like, that's not... People don't like that. 
Yeah, I don't I don't think I ever would drop a person, but I do recognize that there are like ebbs and flows to things and that sometimes you see people more than others. But it's like if you're a good friend of mine, even if I haven't talked to you in like six months, a year, two years, whatever, if you like pick up the phone or you need me or whatever, I'm like there. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. But, but I like accept that sometimes it's like, like I have a friend, but you'll text them. And then like for a few months, he like won't text back. And then after a few months, he's just like back in and you're like, oh, okay. And like, so I try to accept, you know, meet people where that, where they are and not to bring it back to housewives. But I, I think that's what I try to do with the ladies too, is like always find the humanity in them. Like, even though they're monsters, they're like people with real feelings and, you know, complex psychologies and whatever, and just try to see, well, yeah, Ramona was abused. Is. That's what you always remember. Yeah. You're like, okay, she was abused. Right. right. And so I try to be like, okay, you're awful, but why are you awful? And what can I learn from your awfulness rather than just being like, yeah, oh, miserable. I'm just like, instead of shifting things, I would have these convo uh, and it's like, I end. I'm, yeah. I don't go, I don't let things go. And maybe I shouldn't be so reactive in things. Like, I don't know. But, when you're not um, valued in the way you want to, or things just are not healthy, I don't know. But if anyone called you. me that I'm talking or thinking about right now, I think I would do if something if they needed. A hundred percent. Yeah, I totally would too. Yeah, so, I would know. never uh, be like "fuck you," but I, oh God, who knows. As long as you have one person who will sit next to you in the retirement home, like that's all you need, really. Yeah, and I'm gonna go. My, I'm being more casual about stuff. Like I don't know, we're all growing. Why don't you tell me something you're growing about so I don't feel so vulnerable, naked up here? What am I growing about? So I, what I have been talking to my therapist about is that um, as a young person, like in the closet, kind of like a weirdo in a small town, and his family, the mechanism that I developed to cope was to rebel. And so I'm always like trying to fight the man. And so I've gotten to a point though, where my mechanism has outlived its usefulness. And so I need to stop rebelling all the time, stop rebelling against myself and start, you know, knowing what's good for me and doing the things that are good for me and not being like, I don't need to do those. I'm whatever. So that's what I'm trying to grow on is being, you know, more in tune with my, um, where the rebellion is coming from and catch it before it starts. Wow. That's so good. Have you been with your therapist for a long time? Um, I have, but we, at one point she graduated me. And so now I, and she's like, if, I'm here if you need me. And so I like dip in and out. So I haven't talked to her in like a couple of years, but I was having some issues. And so we're back and then we'll do a while. And then she'll be like, I think you're good for now. And then I'll like disappear for a while. And then I come back. Wow. Lovely. She's very good. How many of the housewives do you think are in therapy? Ooh, good question. I mean, <laughs> We see so many of them in therapy. Oh, that, yeah, you're right. You know, <laughs> but like, is any of that working? I mean, I don't know. That's the funny thing about housewives is, you know, I say that we we want them to evolve, but we don't want them to grow. Because if they were to grow as people, then you're like, oh, you're like a good person now. And it's boring. I mean, like, I feel like if Sonia Morgan got in therapy and got over her ex-husband and figured out her financial shit... Like, good for her. That would be great. 
But then I'd be like, well, why am I watching you anymore? You have it all figured out. <laughs> so she would never have all figured out. But I think I would love her in a place where her teeth aren't popping out, that she's not a mess like her with like someone that really loves her and in yeah. a new like apart, like a nice penthouse apartment vibe. And I want I would love to see Sonia living a fantasy, like great life. I think she could still be fun. I hope. Yeah. With a part. Yeah, I. I agree with that. The house is back on the market. So keep your fingers crossed for. Um, well, my friend, Andy Julia, Morgan. she told me that he left her that apartment on purpose because it's like um, touches a parking garage and it's super narrow and he knew it like wouldn't resell. And it was like a fuck <laughs> you house. Fair enough. Fair she married enough. into evil. You know, she married the bank, baby. Yeah, she married the bank. Would you marry the bank? No, because they're evil Republic, like, they're Republican vibes, like old, it's like weird, but, um, what about like a rich, I don't even think Demo- they would like want George me. Soros. Would you marry George Soros? The Democrat Koch brother. But can I get a son or like, I'm just, or a daughter or am I getting this man? <laughs> um, you can have a son or a daughter. Yeah, I would marry into the sort, but then it's going to be, I mean, they, I just know that people hate him. They think that he runs all the Jews in the world, right? They do. Well, yeah, like right wing Tucker Carlson thinks he like controls the weather. Yeah, I mean, a Jew, they're all evil, but there's something about um, banks and fossil fuels and Halliburton. Like that just seems weird. I don't even think I'd be in their stratosphere in any way. Like, I, I can't imagine bumping into a banker air and falling in love in any capacity (laughs) in my brain. Imagine you as a character on succession. (laughs) (laughs) I would be, are you a big business person? Is that a movie that you love from the eighties or not at all? Uh, I saw it once a long time ago, but that's it. So Lily Tomlin plays kind of like a God rich one and Bette Midler's the like, I love business, you know, but in the South, they're they're like twins separated at birth. Yeah. So the South version, it's the opposite. Lily Tomlin's strong and uh, whatever, but they're all strong in their own ways. But the Lily Tomlin of the New York Plaza couple is wispy. I don't know. I just can't imagine that. I'm looking for true love so hard. And like, where is it? Like, I just don't understand. And it's kind of like the friend thing where I know it's me. Like I'm obviously closed off emotionally in some sort of way. Are you at least getting laid? Not very often. It's like once in a while there'll be a spurt and then I'm like dry for a while. And then I like get too horny and then go out. (laughs) And then it's like rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Yeah. 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 Um, But I wish you love. I'm obviously with not on doing reality enough. television. <laughs> Is it James Kennedy? Should you fall in love with DJ James Kennedy? No, I'm trying to think who I think is like hot in the world of um, housewives that we know of. That wait, you've never mentioned Evan Goldschlager Slaughter for hottie. Like, do you think he's hot or no? I think he's hot. I think that maybe. I don't know why I didn't mention him in the book. I think he's very hot. And so when they were like, when Teresa was like, oh, I heard he does stuff in the gym. My mind immediately went to, oh, he's jerking off with dudes in the steam room. Like, I don't know if that's because I'm like a gay whore and that's what I would do. But like, that's what I thought the real tea was with that. He's just so hot, but she just seems like she'd be so bad at sex that it's like weird to me that they're together. Jackie. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, know who I have a soft spot for is uh, Bill Aiden. I don't know that I want to sleep with him, but I find him lovely. I don't like that family. I don't think. Um, so if you were to get with a housewife spouse, who who would you choose? I mean, I would love to fuck Mauricio and Kyle for sure. <laughs> like, I mean, in that, that house, would be and then go swimming in the pool. Time. <laughs> like, oh, well, and you know, Mauricio would fucking get you fucked up. <laughs> Before yeah. your three-way. Yeah. Uh, that would be an ultimate fantasy. Um, that's who I'd be fucking. But Carol's Adam, like, that's someone I never, ever think of because he's not really a husband in any way. But when you mentioned right. it in the book, I was like, oh, yeah, like, they were really hot. Yeah. He As was really couple. hot. He's still hot. Yeah, I'm trying to think of all the, like, Frank Catania. Um, no. I. Oh, no. I think that those are the the what's coming. Like Mauricio to me is the top dog. Know who my three way would be with would be Joe and Melissa Gorga. Yeah, I would be like super into that. Yeah, but he would not let a man nearby. Like I think he's, or maybe he would. He is kind of. I think he would let a man. I think he would let a man like touch him and like worship him, but wouldn't like touch a D. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you he wants he would the let attention. you touch his dick. I don't know, maybe. Maybe if you were doing it with Melissa at the same maybe time. Maybe we'll just give them all ecstasy. Maybe that's it. Do you think Luis Teresa's fiance is hot? No. 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 You do. Look at you biting no. that pen. No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> no, I do not. I think he Oh, you know who I would have fucked? Don. I liked Don. I would have fucked Don on a boat. You Don is a guy you marry. She regrets it. I bet she regrets it. They had like they had a drought. Like she just needed a couple more years of a drought. It's like fuck. But maybe we're wrong. I mean, it's who am I to judge the inside of her relationship? But Don seemed like a good. But wow. you know that Brooks Ayers gave her the best dick of her life. Yeah. And that's why it's been so hard ever since. Why the, And then what happened with this guy? Why did he fuck her over so bad? He never liked her. Oh, he I think he's just an name. asshole. He's been married like four times. He just seems like a fucking dick. Did you vote for him in the recall election? <laughs> um, wait, who, was Lynn's husband hot? Now I'm thinking of Lynn from the OC. Was her Lynn Curtin? No. Was her husband? Uh, no. He was a door. No. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Slade Smiley? No, he oh. was bad from the start to me. Like, I never wanted anything to do with Slade Smiley. No, who is hot as shit is uh, Mario Singer. Uh, I don't know. I hate Ramona, but I shipped the two of them. I oh, want them back together. No, they had a thing and I, they, I, he fucked up. Like, why did he do that? Like, that's, it's so weird. They had a thing. Yeah. Men I are pigs. I think he couldn't handle her being like famous and the breadwinner and all that. And, you know, act it out. Do you follow? She always wore her true faith jewelry. What is it? True religion? (laughs) True. No, true religion is the shitty jeans. True faith is Ramona's jewelry. Trophy company. Um, Yeah. 
oh, do you follow Ray Sawney on Twitter? She's a fellow housewife, um, kind of no, expert vibe. She's, she's been on Bitch Says. She has, I mean, she's a Kenya stan, but like she she talks about it with Potomac the most, but it's like this, even the best men drag their women down and can't handle their success. Like in Potomac, especially yeah. like Karen Huger's man lost his goddamn mind when she had a little bit of change. Like she raised children yeah. for you, took care of a house. You can't have her like in the moment, like these men just cheat and become, they're so insecure. Even the best ones are fucked. And, um, and then the insults always like, you can't keep a man. I can keep a man. You can't. And it's like, why is having these shitty men such a status yeah. symbol in these social circles? And it's something that right. Ray Sani, um, tweeted and brought to my attention. And that is very true. I once did, um, like somebody asked me to do a ranking of all the husbands who like didn't watch housewives. And I did it. And he was like, Oh, these people sound awful. And I'm like, yeah, these men are all stem to stern fucking miserable. I mean, Mauricio is like the only nice one. Yeah. And that's why everyone does hate Kyle and want to be her because her family is good. I wonder about Kyle, though, with the family unit, because it's like if both the blonde sisters don't like her, like I do wonder if Kyle is bad in some way. I don't know. Like, I just wonder if all the drama is caused by her and Mauricio being shady in some way, but their family unit is so strong and loving and like, and they're both hot and in love. And like when he ripped open that playboy bunny costume, that was like too tight on her. It was like so fucking hot. And it's like, they just are prom king and queen of all housewife franchises. And that it is their house is perfect. It's like, it's, it's all perfect. Yeah, the dogs are bad. Do you, the dogs do you are think bad. the dogs are awful? Do you think he's sleeping with Dorit? That's like the Reddit rumor. I don't think he's fucking Dorit. Has he fucked someone else? I think so. Sadly. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but good for you, girl. <sighs> if Get he's it, fucking Dorit, oh my God, I've not even heard that. This is such a good, great episode. I can't wait for everyone <laughs> to listen. Um... Thank you so much. Was that not awesome? I mean, I'm curious to know if you guys like don't listen to Bravo, how you felt about it. And like, was it still entertaining and fun? And I feel like it was. We got so much scoops, so many opinions. And that's just my opinion. And um, yeah, sorry, that was a Tamara line from the Housewives. It, it is cool that the Housewives... Like all of it, it's the connected tissue of so many of my friendships. Like we all bond over it. It's like we can talk about it um, when we're in the green rooms and like you, it just connects you to so many different comics and people and um, humans all around the world. So I just I really love it. And I loved everything we discussed about its feminist, non-feminist, its flaws, its positivity, everything. Um, but it's just cool to have to have entertainment by women for women. And I don't know if it's by women. I mean, it seems like, and read his book, read the book, go get Brian Moylan's book. You dumb bitches. And don't forget to call with all your enemy issues. And I want to say everyone's like, not everyone, but a lot of emails and voicemails that we've listened to. I've gotten like follow-ups and people reach out and it's really cool. And they get excited when things get read and I would be excited too. Um, I'm an obsessed, uh, not that you're obsessed with me, whatever. Three, two, three, 
877-677-1943 if you would like any advice. I have some great people coming up, baby. Okay, thanks so much again, as always. Bye. Enemies is a headgum podcast. Anya Konevskaya is our supervising producer. Ali Kahan is our associate producer. Rochelle Chen is our engineer, editor, and producer. And me, Lisa Traeger. I am also a producer. Hello. Thank you so much, Carly Jean Andrews, for the cover art. You are incredible. Jeff Krause, thank you for the theme music. I love it. Please follow me on Instagram at Glitter Cheese and at Enemies Podcast. Rate and review wherever you listen to this podcast. Tell us about your own enemies by emailing enemiesthepodcast at gmail.com. But really, I'd love to hear your beautiful voices. So email us a voice memo or call in and leave a message at 323-677-1943. That was a HeadGum Podcast.